Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. You know, I think one of the most important things that a restaurant owner, a business owner, an entrepreneur can do is take care of themselves. You know, mental health is something that is often often not discussed on business podcasts, entrepreneur podcasts. But I know personally that, you know, I have a struggle with addiction. I've been in a program of recovery since 2012. Um, I'm an alcoholic that owns a bar. Um, but if I don't take care of myself, then I'm no good as a dad. I'm no good as a husband. Um, I'm no good as a leader. And for me, I focus every single morning. Um, I wake up every single morning um, at 4 a.m. and I take care of my mind, body, and my spirit. So I'm spending time journaling. I'm spending time reading. I'm spending time physically exercising. And um, for me, that's my sunrise gratitude. I get outside and spend time dedicating to myself because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of other people. In the latest Think Business with Tyler podcast show, we talk with Sean Walchat. Sean and his team have defied the odds and gone against the grain to build a thriving restaurant business. Where location, location, location is the mantra for restaurants. 12 years ago, Sean started a business in a poor location during the recession. They found a way to mold their business model, even with a bad location. Most recently, during the pandemic, he grew his business by adding a ghost kitchen, allowing to serve more people while managing costs more efficiently. Now $25 million in sales later and over 2,500 great Yelp reviews, not only have they built a thriving barbecue restaurant business, they have positioned themselves as a media company by using media to grow their business and help other businesses do the same. When it comes to social media marketing, Sean says, keep it simple. He tells us what makes people stop in their tracks when reading social media content and what it takes to create great content. I know you're going to love this episode and walk away with some nuggets to grow your own business. Hey, Sean, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing? Doing great, Tyler. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being part of the show. Hey, Sean, can we start out with you telling us a little bit about your business, what you do, and uh, what got you here today? 
Sure. I own a barbecue media company in San Diego, California, and your listeners are probably wondering what the hell is a barbecue media company? Um, basically, we're, we're a barbecue restaurant that became a media company because of necessity. We opened in 2008 at the height of the economic recession in a very difficult location in San Diego. You know, when you're selecting a location for your restaurant, industry experts will tell you location, location, location. And the location that we picked was told to me by many people that it was a terrible location. Um, I had friends, I had professionals that said, why are you opening in such a difficult location? And why are you opening at such a difficult time? We felt that it was important for us to pursue our village. There was an opportunity. There was an opportunity in an underserved part of San Diego. And we thought that if we took an existing breakfast concept and turned it into a full service sports bar that was family friendly in a part of San Diego that Many people didn't have any options to have a great place to eat as well as to go and enjoy the game that we could do something different and unique. And turns out it was very difficult. It was hard those first you know, four or five years to build a business, to pay payroll, to pay our bills, to learn how to do things the right way. We decided to become a barbecue restaurant out of necessity. Um, that was giving back is something that's always been important to us. So, you know, focusing not just on the four walls of our restaurant, but how can we make an impact on our community? And we had so many people that would come up to us and ask us, can you help us raise money for local youth sports? Um, we have a lot of children, underprivileged youth in our area that can't pay for equipment and they couldn't pay for league fees. And we would do a lot of these fundraisers every week. We would be doing a, a fundraiser 20% back. And we got to the point where we were doing so many fundraisers. We said, can we make a bigger impact? Is there something that we can do that instead of every single week, maybe we do an annual event and get some other businesses involved. And we contacted a bunch of businesses. We contacted the coaches, the parents and said, you know, is there something that we can do? And they said, why don't we do an amateur barbecue contest? Well, that's great. But who knows how to do barbecue contests? Nobody. Um, so I went to the internet and did some research and found the Kansas City Barbecue Society, which is the essentially the NFL of professional sanctioning for barbecue. And they gave me a list of three people and only one person called me back. That person, his name is Gene Goikachea, local pit master, um, competed, won professionally in California, nationally, um, also hosted professional contests. But he said, you know, if you're doing it for charity, I'm going to, I'll help you do it. I'll help you put on this contest. And we put on that first amateur barbecue contest in 2009. And he said, if you want to learn how to do barbecue the right way, I'll teach you. And we ended up leasing his barbecue pits and essentially going all in on barbecue, doing craft barbecue low and slow was something that was different and unique in the area that we were in. And that put us on this path of, you know, becoming a sports bar and barbecue company. And along the way, you know, one of the most important things is 2008 was a, a significant time because 2007 is when the first iPhone came out. And the reason I bring up the iPhone is because it's literally leveraged us to become a media company. We had to learn how to do digital marketing. We had to learn how to do social media marketing to get people to care about our brand and our business. And we had to claim our page on Yelp. We had to claim our page on Google. We had to respond to Yelp reviews. We had to learn what Twitter was. We had to claim a Facebook page. We had to learn what TripAdvisor was. We had to do all these things that so many restaurants didn't have to do because they picked that great location. 
it forced us to care about the internet. It forced us to care about the smartphone. It forced us to care about social media branding in a way that most restaurants didn't have to do. And most small businesses didn't have to do, you know, so now 13 years later, we've done over $25 million in sales. We've already opened our first ghost kitchen location, which is in downtown San Diego for takeout and delivery. We've built this media brand where we have tech companies that come to us to ask us how to do marketing advice and how to do content creation, how to create YouTube videos to help sell their products. And it's never been a more exciting time for us. And we, uh, we love teaching other business owners how to leverage, you know, that smartphone in your pocket. You know, when you start talking about digital marketing and social media marketing, it can get very complicated. You're talking about search engine optimization and all the different tools that happen. And we like to make things simple. And ultimately it's digital storytelling. So how do you get people to care about your message? How do you get people to care about your brand? How do you get people to care about your products and services? And that's using the tools on your smartphone to create video, audio, written word, and images. That's literally all it is. It's easy to get wrapped up in TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all these different platforms, but ultimately it's video, audio, written word and images. You've got a great story. Let me just step back on a couple things. One, you picked a poor location. It's what you saw opportunity in. When you were going through that decision-making, you're in the recession. Did you do research or was it a gut feeling? I mean, what made you decide to do that? Because that was a time when a lot of restaurants were going out of business. Budgets were drying up. You know, restaurants got hit first when the recession hit, from what I recall. I had a lot of clients in that space and were just getting crushed. What made you decide to go in that direction? I mean, I think part of it is a gut feeling. Part of it's seeing an opportunity. I mean, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you see opportunity where other people don't. Yeah. We knew that there was incredible people that lived in the area and we knew that there was nothing for them to, you know, there was no product or service that was meeting a need. You know, and even in a recession, people need to eat and they need to drink and they need hospitality. They need a place to feel welcome and a place to forget about all the troubles of life. And that's what restaurants provide. And then my second question is related. You mentioned 2007, the iPhone. Did you see that as a tool to be able to right away to, to be able to promote your business? Or did it kind of evolve as the internet involved and more you know, social sites started to expand? Did that evolve with your thinking or did you have the foresight to see that in the early on? Oh, I mean, no chance. I mean, in the beginning, when we first opened, my business partner, Corey, from, uh, was one of my best friends from college. He was on Facebook and I made fun of him for being on Facebook. <laughs> I thought he was just on Facebook trying to pick up checks. I said, you know, we're trying to run a business here. We're trying to get people to come into the restaurant. You know, what are you doing on Facebook? And when I realized we couldn't pay payroll and we couldn't pay, you know, any of our bills and we were trying to build a business, I said, I'll do anything and everything that we have to do to get people to care about our, our brand, our restaurant. And um, I created a Facebook page. You know, I just went down a rabbit hole and decided to do all these different things that as a new site would come up, I would make sure that it was updated with our correct information, with our correct link to our website, with the correct business hours, with the correct listing, um, correct photos. Those were all things that, you know, we learned along the way. But yeah, no, we certainly didn't have the foresight. It was just a matter of as things evolved, as Twitter evolved, as Instagram came, we realized that this is something that's important. This is where attention is. And if there's attention there, then people are going to be searching for products and services on all these platforms, then we should be on them. You mentioned when you were explaining earlier, ghost kitchens. Can you tell us what these are? 
Yeah. So Ghost Kitchen is just an opportunity for a brand, a restaurant to open up a digital space. So a space for takeout and delivery. I'm sure everyone in the audience has heard of or ordered from DoorDash, Grubhub, Uber Eats, Postmates, Caviar, any one of these third-party apps. And then there's also restaurants are now taking care of their own delivery and um, pickup by ordering through mobile first sites. You know, we have Toast as our point of sale system and it allows customers to go on our website and order directly from us for pickup and delivery. So there's no actual on-site dining. It's actually just for takeout and delivery. And is this being done usually in a, in a larger facility where you can turn over more food or is it, I imagine it's not a traditional restaurant that you're actually doing the cooking and the packaging of the goods. What does it typically look like? Yeah. So there, the reason why it's such an interesting space is there is no traditional space. I mean, there are commissary kitchens where there's multiple brands, the place that we're in where there's 23 different restaurants. So about 200 square foot kitchens, kind of like a virtual food hall, if you will. So if you went to a food court in a mall, except this is built for delivery and for takeout. So it's not in traditional high traffic areas. It's in places where there's a good delivery radius for people living. So it's, you know, for us, we we care more about search results. We care about where people are searching in San Diego County for barbecue. That's where we're going to be opening up our locations. And I assume one of the things that makes this attractive model, is it related to cost? Is it efficiency? Is it a little bit everything? What, what makes Ghost Kitchens attractive? So we own a you know, our existing flagship location is a 5,700 square foot restaurant that seats 250 people. If we wanted to open up another restaurant of same size, depending on where we picked, depending on the size of the building and, you know, the improvements, we're looking at anywhere between one and $3 million to build out a new restaurant. To get into a ghost kitchen, we can get in for under $100,000. That's a significant difference. What are some downsides of a ghost kitchen? Are there any things that prevent growth? Is it regulation? Is it market perception in terms of your customers, if they know about them, any challenges related to them? Well, I mean, I think the most challenging thing about a ghost kitchen is if you're not an existing brand. So if you're not an existing brand, if you're a startup company and you're trying to build a restaurant model based off of a ghost kitchen, you know, the third-party delivery fees are anywhere between 20 and 30%, depending on who's negotiating and which platform you're talking about. So it's a significant cut that you have to pay. And if you don't have the operational wherewithal, the systems, the policies, the procedures, the quality control, the marketing awareness, it can be a very brutal um, existence. So just some things I want to backpedal on. You started your business during the recession, which was a challenging time for restaurants in particular. You've now seen dramatic growth during the pandemic which is a challenging time for restaurants. I'm just curious, these are times that restaurants are typically have been getting beat up and you've found an opportunity in these. Do you have a sixth sense or is it gut feel or is it strategy and planning? What, what do you attribute to having the success in very challenging times? I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's our commitment to digital hospitality. Okay. I mean, hospitality is the heart of making memorable moments. We all buy things based off of how we feel. So, you know, we never say that we have the best barbecue because we don't have the best barbecue. It's subjective. It's completely up to how someone feels about our barbecue. But we will make a memorable moment and we'll make that memorable moment based off of hospitality. And the hospitality that we provide in real life 
at a very difficult and challenging location is good enough for people to go online and share that story on Yelp. You know, we have over 2,500, four and a half stars on Yelp. It's one of the best barbecue restaurants, according to Yelp. And we also have a strong profile on Google, a strong profile on Facebook, but we care about those things because we know how important they are to perception when people are making a decision on where to buy, when people are making a decision on where to go eat for catering. Those are all things that we care about in real life, but we also care about online. And our commitment to the online side of our business is probably one of the reasons why we get to do all the cool things that we get to do. Um, We host a podcast, we put out YouTube content. We, like I said, speak to tech companies to teach them how to do marketing and content creation. I mean, the things that we get to do as a single unit restaurant now with one ghost kitchen location, I mean, it's just, it's unheard of to be an entrepreneur magazine, to, you know, get to be on a show on Amazon prime TV and on Bloomberg. Those are all things that typically don't happen, but they're happening because we are sharing our story. We're sharing our story and we're creating opportunities by developing deep relationships with other content creators. You guys have such a great story. In terms of the digital marketing space, it's clearly something part of your brand. You guys really get it on a deep level. What can you share with the myself and the listeners, particularly business owners and entrepreneurs? Can you share some methods or tips that are effective in the digital marketing space? Sure. I mean, going back to what I talked about earlier is it's easy to get lost in how complicated it can be. Yeah. And to get back to the basics is understanding that the internet is just consists of video, audio, written word, and images. And video gets you three of those because video is audio. Video can also be a steel image and then video can be repurposed as written content. So if you can do video, which everyone can do video, it's a mindset of getting over yourself and understanding this is how you sound. You can sound better recording, understanding that under 60 seconds is what the internet wants. All these platforms, they reward native video content. So recording who you are, what you do, what you care about, what your customers care about. That's what the internet wants. Give it to them. What are your common mistakes you see business owners often make in the digital marketing space? I think it's, you know, part of it is outsourcing. You know, when you outsource social media marketing to an agency, There are some agencies that do great work, but a lot of the time those agencies are overrun with other clients that, you know, the internet rewards content that's created in a creative way in something that is different. You know, I can't tell anyone that's listening to this podcast, you've been on Instagram and you scroll through and you're like, not impressed, not impressed, not impressed. You scroll through Facebook, not impressed, not impressed, but then you stop. What makes you stop? something that's different, something that's unique, something that is compelling, something that is truth, something that is something that you haven't seen before. So create that. Once you start creating that and your team starts creating that, then you start getting traction. Yeah. There's a lot of me too stuff to your point on the internet where you just scroll, scroll, scroll. You've seen that, done that. And then every so often just something grabs you and it stops you in your tracks. And that's the stuff we're all trying to attain to is what I'm hearing you say. That's good feedback. On your podcast, you use a tagline or a quote that you say, if we can't tag you, we can't pimp you. What does that mean? (laughs) I loved it, by the way. (laughs) The internet consists of, of domains, domains and handles. So if you're not claiming your digital real estate, then you're really losing an opportunity. And by claiming your 
handle, then we can tag you. So if somebody is an influencer and they come to our restaurant and they take a picture of our ribs, if they go to upload that picture and there's no at Cali barbecue Instagram handle, then I'm losing the opportunity to go for their thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of followers to get onto the discovery of those ribs. So literally, if you're not on Twitter, if you're not on Instagram, if you're not on LinkedIn, then if content is being created, which should be the goal of everyone, if you're a business owner, you should be, the goal should be when you Google your name or Google your business, there is content in the Google feed, in the news section, in the audio section, in the video section, all of those tabs on Google need to have content about you from a variety of different sources. Because if you don't, somebody else will. You know, in terms of your own business, what are some challenges that you see? Sounds like you guys are growing rapidly. You're now adding on ghost kitchens. What are some challenges you guys see in terms of your own growth? Challenges that we see, I mean, for us, we worry about the things that we can control. You know, it's one of those things that, especially during the pandemic, we heard about so many restaurant owners complaining about, you know, the restrictions or not being able to do things because of local government or state government or, or federal government. And for us, we know what we can control. And that's understanding that there's never been a greater time to be in business. You know, this is the greatest time to be in business. And we have to leverage that opportunity to create more quality people to add to our team. So we're always adding people on the restaurant side and on the media side. And in order to keep them engaged, we have to make incredible content. We have to make incredible things that people are envious of and that they want us to create more projects for them. That's a great story. Hey, Sean, thoroughly have been enjoying chatting with you. Can you summarize for us one actionable item that entrepreneurs or business owners can apply to make their business or life better? You know, I think one of the most important things that a, a restaurant owner, a business owner, an entrepreneur can do is take care of themselves. You know, mental health is something that is often often not discussed on business podcasts, entrepreneur podcasts, but I know personally that, you know, I have a struggle with addiction. I've been in a program of recovery since 2012. Um, I'm an alcoholic that owns a bar, um, but if I don't take care of myself, then I'm no good as a dad. I'm no good as a husband. Um, I'm no good as a leader. And for me, I focus every single morning. Um, I wake up every single morning um, at 4 a.m. and I take care of my mind, body, and my spirit. So I'm spending time journaling. I'm spending time reading. I'm spending time physically exercising. And um, for me, that's my sunrise gratitude. I get outside and spend time dedicating to myself because if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of other people. That sounds uh, very similar. I, I read a book and I follow it, something called The Miracle Morning. And it's got a savers is what it's called. And it's got a set things that you do every morning. And it sounds very similar to how you approach your day. And I agree with you, definitely the taking care of your mind and your health. Um, without that, you really don't have many other things unless you've got those in check. So that's great wisdom. Hey, in, in closing, Sean, I'll put your contact info in the show notes at thinktyler.com. But if we wanted to learn more about you or contact you, where is the best place to do that? CaliBBQ.media. That's our website. Easily the best place to find all of our content. You'll see what a mobile first website is. Even though we put out media content, we have a blog, we have a podcast, we have a YouTube channel. You'll see that everything that we direct on the site is to buy barbecue. 
we are an e-commerce company. We consider ourselves a tech company, but yeah, I love to have conversations um, at Sean P. Walchef on Instagram. It's probably the most active digital playground, but LinkedIn, Clubhouse, TikTok, you name it, I'm on there and uh, love, love to hear from you guys. I love it. By the way, your website's beautiful. I looked it over and just beautiful colors, beautiful, very interactive. You guys did a great job. Thank you. That's uh, Kyle Fluger of Mithral Media. If anybody needs a website done, hit me up. I'll, I'll get you in touch with Kyle. He's the best. Awesome. Great job, Kyle. So, hey, thanks, Sean, so much for taking the time to talk with us. You were an awesome guest and uh, we appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you, Tyler. Hi, it's Tyler Martin. I sure hope you liked today's show. Hey, I wanted to ask you, when you started your business, I'm sure you were thinking about the freedom it would create and the value you would build over time. Unfortunately, many business owners get stuck and find they are working long hours, and instead of freedom, they feel chained. I have a strategy scorecard that's based on frameworks I've used to grow and sell two of my own businesses. It's the same system I use to help clients get unstuck and get free. You can grab a copy at GetStrategyScorecard.com. Once again, that's GetStrategyScorecard.com. Hey, thanks again for listening to the show. Can't wait for you to hear the next one coming up. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.